0: I'm wrestling, do not weep for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me.
1: What's going on, everybody? We are on episode 62 of the t Rowan and Funky Show, brought to you, as always, by Defense Soap, Defend What You Have Built, and Dalmer Mats. Uh, we are joined right off the bat by, obviously, Tommy, as always, and this week by David Taylor, without technical difficulties.
2: <laughs> what's yeah. up fellas glad to be here last week we were trying to get this rolling and every three minutes and 30 seconds it would it would shut down which was creating a lot of frustration
1: that was really bizarre how it it, it was exactly three minutes and 30 seconds um but so <coughs> last week we had a lot to talk about and and i was thinking this week we can kind of just um i don't know if we call it an interview of david taylor but you know tommy and i have been following your career for a long time, so. We could just talk a lot about David Taylor. I hope you're okay with that.
2: Sure. I mean, bring on whatever question you guys have. i will be happy to answer them.
1: Um, All right. I got my first one then, Tommy.
0: You go ahead, If man. he's going
1: to say bring I, on the tough ones, who I wins, who wins Jason not- Null or Zane Rutherford in a wrestling match today? Go. Wow. <laughs>
2: that is a good question right off the bat.
1: Yeah, I was think I'm thinking it's Nolf. It's got to be Nolf. He's just too damn good.
2: I mean, it is. And this is just the really honest answer. I yeah. mean, so it's so it's so back and forth. I mean, one day one can win, one day the other can win, but I mean, Zane is just a complete beast. So every single time that he steps on the mat, you know that I mean, he's going to fight you and fight every single situation. Like he doesn't have a bad day in practice ever. You know, Knopf has got so much skill that sometimes he's out there trying to try things and he'll flip himself on his back to try and do sure. something crazy. So, I mean, Zane's definitely probably uh, the most consistent in terms of what you're going to get every single time, just trying to pound you in the ground and break your leg off. And Knopf, you know, he just, I think what makes him so good and why, and this is one thing that I appreciate so much when he wrestles, and it reminds me a lot of, you know, Ben when you wrestled, is he doesn't care when he steps on the mat, like, if someone's trying to take him down or going to do something, he doesn't care. Like the more scoring, like it just like yeah. fires him up and he takes it personal sometimes. Like, you know, if a guy's you know, shooting on him, he'll, you know, he'll be like, I can't believe this guy's trying to shoot on me. You know, And he'll, <laughs> instead of trying to, hurt him, you know, like a normal person would be, you know, be like, I mean, this guy's hard to take down. And a normal person would be like, okay, I'm going to go get like three or four turns. He's like, you know what? I'm going to keep trying to take this guy down until I get 15 takedowns. So he's just a, a, such a unique wrestler. And it's just because he puts himself in, like, every single situation. So he's comfortable in every single situation, which is just remarkable.
1: Yeah, it is. Well, that was a a good answer, I guess. Oh, We we didn't say, gut your head, who are picking, though?
2: You want me to pick somebody? Yeah, come
1: on. No, you don't have to. That's putting you in a tough situation.
2: Yeah, I like him too much. But don't call me a homer like Tommy. You know, I'll at least give you an honest explanation of each person. Are you old uh, enough
1: yet where someone's
0: kicked your butt like Kyle Snyder kicked Tommy's butt? You know, like, I've tried to speak four times on my own damn podcast in the past three minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Tommy, I'm done. I'm done. You're I've, up. Go. I've been cut off three times by Ben, and then I got David just freaking slamming me before I can even get a word in. I mean, what's going on here, guys? Seriously.
1: You're up, you're up, Tommy.
0: Oh, I don't even know. David, what's a better wrestling state, Ohio or Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. Oh, Uh, you're a sellout. You're a sellout.
2: sellout. It's not a sellout. It's an honest –
0: You are selling out.
2: I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. So today we had our Nittany Line Wrestling Club Tournament. So it's a top 100 tournament in the country. And it's it's tough remember. I actually wrestled in this tournament when I was – Nine years old. So I lived oh. in Wyoming at the time. I flew out here. At that point in time, I, you know, we just didn't have a workout partner. So made an effort, you know, to try and make as many tournaments as I possibly can. I flew out to this tournament. I wrestled two weight classes. I think it was 55 and 58 pounds or, you know, whatever, something. And I actually wrestled Andrew Alton in one bracket and I wrestled oh. Dylan Alton in the other bracket. <laughs>
1: that's awesome.
2: Uh, so that's crazy. And, you know, so that, that this tournament has been going on for, for a really long time. Um I think you guys, definitely guys remember a kid named Nate Galloway uh, yeah, from this era. Oh, yeah. You know, his dad actually has run this tournament for a really long time. And now it's grown to – we had over 1,200 kids in this tournament. So it was wow. crazy. Track wrestling was running it. I mean, live video, the whole nine yards. But you know, ultimately, the reason I say Pennsylvania is I watch these kids wrestle. And this is where Ohio struggles. And I think why sometimes – and I, there's no mat wrestling in Ohio. Like, in you know, Pennsylvania, you know, it's a three-minute match. And the the good kids – and this will get me to another point that I want to talk about later. But, you know, the good kids, they'll get, they'll, they'll go out and they'll get a takedown. And then there's, in a three minute match, in a three one, you know, one 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 minute period, two and a half minutes maybe spent on the mat. And there's never a stalling call call. In Ohio, if you spend 30 seconds on top, you're getting called for stalling. So I think that that top wrestling, that scrambling, that Pennsylvania, they kind of ingrain at a young age. It just, it, Develops as kids get older, and just those skills. I think sometimes Ohio is a little bit behind because we focus so much on our feet in the neutral
1: position. Well, as the neutral party here, I would agree with David, Tommy.
0: Uh, Real talk here, guys. I mean, real talk. Real, (laughs) real talk. I have never thought that Ohio is better than PA. I've, I've never thought it. I want it to be true, but and I'm not talking about Ohio State and Penn State. I'm talking about the states over the past fifty years producing talent. I was just trying to have a fun conversation, but you bring up a good point, David. Where I have a bitterness, and I don't think this goes for just Ohio, but but to Ohio specifically, I have a bitterness over um, how mat wrestling is called in high school compared to you know college, and how it's not preparing these kids. These Ohio kids are coming in with just so much deficiency on the mat, no matter what college they attend. But if they came out of Ohio, they struggle. I agree with you. I'm with you. Well, I remember a specific match that I wrestled in Ohio.
2: And it's not that, you know, because one of which, you know, I just didn't have a lot of matches where they were close enough where the which top Which was wrestling. it?
1: Come on, tell us.
2: I wrestled Ian Miller. And I was Ooh, going for my fourth Ironman tur- uh, title. First round wrestling, Ian Miller. I get like a takedown early, maybe two takedowns. I cut him, I, you know, I'm, and I get thrown on my back. So it makes this, like, match extremely competitive. You know, right away – you know, I got a lot of emotions going. I'm, you know, going for my fourth title. Um, and then now the crowd's getting into it. It's a first round match, and it's a tough first How the hell round. How could you
1: have Ian Miller first round? That's what the heck. I, I That's because they have
0: really tough tournaments in Ohio, Benny. Shut know, up, don't have to Tommy. Put that cheesehead. <laughs> so, um, anyway, you know, it, it kind of at that point, you know,
2: I get off my back, and it's tied. and it's kind of going back and forth. And I get a takedown in the third period, and I'm known to be a good mat wrestler, right? You know, so you would think that getting a takedown in the third period, I'm on top, right? And it's not that the guy on bottom, I remember he wasn't doing anything. He was sitting there, and I was kind of just going side to side, and I get hit for stalling. And there's a minute left in the match. So in Pennsylvania, that wouldn't happen. If you watch the Pennsylvania State Tournament, that match would end. The guy up 1-0, um, you know, or tie match. That that stalling call is not going to happen. So I get it for stalling with a minute left. So now I have to make the decision to um, cut this guy or or ride him and and get caught, you know. And I think there might actually in less than a minute left, maybe thirty seconds left. And do I try and ride him for thirty seconds and go into overtime, but maybe get called for stalling with short time and then be down by one? So I remember making the decision with thirty. I think it was actually thirty seconds. I cut him and I had to take him down to win. This is a first round match. So. That's a good example of like a referee in Ohio just deciding that mat wrestling isn't really that important, but a selling call is more important, and you see that in Ohio so much. So I think yeah. guys get they kind of reframe in close matches. It's it's a takedown game, right? You know, think about Ohio sure. tournament champions, one of the toughest tournaments in the country. It's a takedown tournament. So right. I think you kind of get it's like influenced one way or another that takedowns are so important, and they are. Don't get me wrong, but mat wrestling suffers, and ultimately. That's why I think Pennsylvania gets a little bit of the upper hand because that mat wrestling it just it'll follow you longer in your career being good on top.
0: Yeah, and I'm that well, you. you you know where else? That only, has, that, that, let me let me let me say something here though. The only thing that and I I'm with you 100. percent The only thing that I don't like hearing, even though it's true, is like in Pennsylvania that match would end one to nothing, and it's like you know when we're talking about what's best for the sport, I don't know oh, if I like
1: Tommy. I thought I thought you were gonna. Say, I thought you were gonna explain to us come clean and say Ohio's stalling rules is why you never learned to pin anybody.
0: No, that's that <laughs> has nothing to do with it. Man. That has nothing to do with it.
1: Um, you know, on the, on the flip side of that is it hurts the bottom wrestlers too because I remember um, being in Missouri the same kind of thing where watching high school wrestling and when I was in college there and they called stalling really quickly so. The t- the bottom guys never had to essentially escape. All they had to do was not get turned. So not only yeah. does it create a, a top deficiency, it also creates a bottom deficiency because those guys aren't forced to actually escape from people because they rely on the stall calls of the rest to get out. So that that's For- a good point.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and it, I'm a I'm a big you know believer in Matt wrestling. Right, I think you need to be good in all positions. Right, I think that's important. You got to spend time in every position, but. I mean, especially the way the new rules are developing in college with four point ear falls. I mean, shoot, yep. top wrestling is so important. And if you think about it, right, as you get as you as you get older, right, and you get into college wrestling, and if you can go into every match believing, and, and this is one thing I heard at a young age, it's like if you can go in knowing you can get off the bottom and knowing you can ride a guy for a minute, you're up 2-0 in every match you start, mm-hmm. right? So if you kind of have that idea as you're going through and you're developing those skills, but I think what you said is a really good point. You know, when you're not forced to, you know, if top wrestling isn't really important and bottom wrestling isn't really important because it's just not really focused on or the stalling call, and you can stalling calls are, you know, I, that, I can I just kind of give you one example, but um, th- those those you got to develop those areas. Whether maybe it's not a, you know a, you know an essential to learn a fundamental stand up, but to learn how to create a scramble, do something that. Can help you get off the bottom because at some point in your career, it's gonna. It, if you can't get off the bottom, you're gonna lose a match, yep. and you know that's important. Be able to ride someone for at least a minute and get all, get away in under a minute are very important skills to have.
1: Well, let's can we get to? I, I love talking folks' style wrestling stuff, but uh, man, since but, you just, but you
0: just won the World Cup, and be yeah, we got to talk can. about
1: that. You're a superstar, and I mean, you're already a superstar in our hearts, but now you're like an international superstar. Well, thanks. <laughs> so, four zero at the World Cup. Be two Olympic champions. Um, you and I talked about this last week, but no one else has heard it because we, we just cut it out of the show because technical difficulties. But I felt like um, th- this was a couple years in the making, and you know that was your coming out party at the World Cup. Um, can you talk about maybe some of the struggles you had in the first couple years in your international wrestling career, and then you know where you've got to, and then obviously where you're planning to go.
2: Yeah, for sure, you know, and I, I think uh, the first thing, that, and we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, right around three minutes and 30 seconds before we <laughs> had a reason. But, you know, the last couple years have just been a little bit, uh, they've been difficult at times because whether, you know, for, from I guess for from, from multiple reasons, and I'd say one of which is, you know, coming out of college right away, um, and stepping right into 74 kilos when, when Jordan Burroughs was the best pound for pound wrestler in the entire world yep. and, and stepping in and and I believe and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I stepped out of there um, after wrestling him my after my junior year in the US Open Finals, um, I felt that I could beat him. So when I came through and I'm not saying that I, I'm you know but I believed when I when I came out of punch, yeah. I was ready and yeah. I could, you know and I, I came out right out. Of college, I was ready. I was 35 matches, you know, right around 35 matches for my, you know, senior year in college. A lot of momentum, everything going my way, and we had that great U.S. Open match. And I think probably uh, caught him a little bit by surprise. I don't think he, he was expecting me to come in with that intensity, and he, you know, he had been challenged in the United States in, in a couple of years. So, um, you know, I came in right away, and it was like, I mean, probably, you know, I've had a couple heartbreaking losses, but that one was heartbreaking, just the way that the match was going mm-hmm. and the way that I kind of just shut down uh, offensively and, you know, it, it kind of allowed him just double egg me towards the end of the match, um, just match strategy. And he, at that, you know, he's been – what makes him great is – in his career, he wrestled so many matches. You know, what do you have, a 60-some match yeah. winning – you know, and in those 60-some matches, not every match did he get a tech ball. He had matches where he was down and had to get multiple takedowns. You know, he he learned match strategy and and how to shoot off the whistle and score on the edge and all those different things. And um, and those are things that I think uh, when you don't compete internationally, you don't really understand those things when you're wrestling guys that are as good or better than you. So, you know, I learned, you know, I guess a valuable lesson right off the bat was just you can't take it for granted. Just because I was winning that match doesn't mean these guys aren't going to fight every single second to come back and and beat me. And I think that's something I hadn't really been exposed to uh, a lot in my career. And then. You know, going into uh, the world team trials that year, again keeping that same momentum, uh, feeling like I you know, I was ready to roll and just an honest assessment with seventy four kilos is I would wrestle really good when I was right after the college tournament or, or after the NCAA tournament, my weight was lower when I was weight was lower. But as you know, that, that four or six weeks in between the US Open and the World Team Trials my body kinda of filled back up to my normal weight class, it got more difficult for me to make weight in the world team trials and I just I didn't perform as well. And uh, going to that, I got a little injured, and, and I remember r- r- wrestling that match. Those two matches against Jordan in uh, was it 2013 or 2014 yeah. year I graduated. Um, just I was just it were you know very small things in both matches where you know if I finish a takedown, I think I win the match, uh, and I didn't finish a takedown one way or the other, and he, he would get a takedown, so it would kind of open the match from a one point match to you know a three or four point match, so. You know that was frustrating coming off of, of those couple of close matches and I just don't think that I really was able to get back to that same momentum over the next couple of seasons just because uh I had a very difficult time making 74 kilos and wrestling the way that I wanted to wrestle you know we're you know with being able to score and wrestle high pace because I would get injured and I would get tired and through that those next couple of years it was just frustrating. I wasn't getting in the number of matches that I wanted to get in. I wrestle a couple you know, I you know, I'd be injured. I question if I was ready or questioned if I was ready to go to tournament, if I you know if I could make the weight and recover. And before I know it, you know, I had these you know, I'd wrestled to maybe run tournament before the US Open or the World Team trials and I'd go into the trials with maybe ten matches, you know, losing one or two of them. And I just wasn't uh, the same I wasn't the same wrestler at, the, at, the, at that time, and after uh, you know, after I made weight the last time, uh, 18 months ago, I was I went to a double a double tour. I went to Spain and I went to Armenia, and it was plus two kilos for both events, And I was struggling so much to make plus two kilos. My, my and I was just decided. I, I was on the airplane. I remember texting uh, my dad first, and then I texted my coaches, and I said, "I'm I'm going to go up to 86 kilos." And I think that's something that, you know, I probably should have done earlier, but it just was such a big leap of faith, I guess, and leap of just the weight and the strength. And there's so many things that go into jumping up a weight class on the international level that I had doubted. So, you know, kind of a lot of things and a lot of emotions went into my decision to go up to 86 kilos, you know, and then and then once I did it, you know, it just kind of brought on a whole other set of obstacles that I've been working towards overcoming and uh i finally feel like i'm in a good spot where i've adjusted and you know i'm hoping to put forth my best performances moving forward
0: david how 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 hard was it to adjust to the weight class because i i mean i watched you at the trials and just physically speaking from a physical appearance your physical appearance and how you uh, just the images, the photos, and the videos of World Cup compared to the way you looked at the Olympic trials. Like, have you been on a serious program? Like, what have you been doing differently to jump? And Ben and I have talked about this, Ben. Don't you agree that 74 to 86 it, is the biggest jump?
1: It is the most ridiculous, absurd thing ever to have no weight class within 12 kilos of each other. It is, it, it, if they're going to add 70 and they're going to add 61 – Add eighty. It makes no sense to keep that weight class out. It's just so ridiculous.
0: Right. So, so with that being said, you know what did you do, David, to to go from, you know, obviously, I mean, this you, you jumped more than just one weight class when you really think about it. So, what did you? What have you been doing to make sure that you can compete at this level at that weight class?
2: Well, I mean, the first thing I knew I needed to do was, and I remember, I remember these conversations vividly. You know, I made the decision I was going to go up. Sitting down with, you know, with Casey Cunningham and being like, hey, Coach Cunningham, you know, I, I need to – what do I need to do to get this weight class? I know that you, you – know, he had mentioned before working with this guy that you know he worked with when he competed. Uh, a guy's name was Sam Calvita, and he runs the training lab in, in uh, Southern California. And he's mentioned you know this guy Sam before and how he instruments his nutrition and weight training and how he worked with them before. And I just said, hey, Coach, we need – I, I, what can I do? I need to work with this guy. I need to put an emphasis because – I've never I never really lifted weights. You know, I lifted weights a little bit when I was younger, um and I developed some, a lot of back issues through my high school and college career and I just didn't lift. You know, I was I was focused on making 165 and in my in my mind I was like, you know what? I'd rather make this weight feel good. Um these guys aren't going to be stronger than me at 165 in college. But if I lifted, you know, if and it was crazy, if I did anything, if I lifted anything that you know, made my hamstrings sore or in my back would tighten up and I'd be out of practice for a couple of days. So yeah. it wasn't worth, in my mind, just the, the being out of practice for a couple of days to develop the strength. So I just did pull-ups and things that I thought were important, you know, shoulder maintenance so I could go wrestle and, and not miss any matches. And that was what was important to me at the time. So right away I said, you know, I know to make this transition, strength is something that I need to really develop. So the first thing I did was, you know, make the phone call, started talking with, you know, Coach Cal, Um, with the training lab and just we started you know trying to implement plans and the first thing you do is well I need to put the weight on so it was just eating like an insane amount of food all the time you know didn't matter what it was just consuming as many calories as I possibly could but with doing that it was like throwing on a 25 pound weight vest and walking around so I would get tired walking up the stairs I would get literally warming up for practice and that was what was uh I think of, of of all the obstacles I've ever faced in my career, you know, over the last 18 months have been some of the most challenging times because I got to the point where I couldn't even function. Like literally, I would be so exhausted in a warm up, just dragging around, you know, and then start drilling, and my timing was just backwards. I couldn't. I basically, you know, leading to the World Cup, I had told people, he had asked me questions. I'm like, I, I can't even shoot an ankle pick anymore. I don't I don't have the speed uh, or the level change at this point to even hit an ankle. You know, these guys are just stronger. They don't react the same, And uh, which is crazy to think. You know, one of my best shots I've had in my life is natural reaction to do something. I couldn't do it over the last year and a half. So there were definitely a lot of, uh, you know, barriers going over it, and it just took – it was taking my body time to adjust, and I knew it was. I knew when I made the adjustment that – it was my best thing for me at the time because at 74 kilos, I wasn't going to be able to wrestle any longer. I was going to either quit wrestling or I had to make adjustment. It just wasn't fun, and my body was falling apart. So, you know, I knew the 86 kilos was the thing I needed to do for my for the future, and, you know, and for my wrestling longevity. But, but also knowing that okay, I need to make this decision, and the Olympic trials are coming up, and I need to get ready for that. So, there's a lot of just I put a lot of external pressure and stress on myself to. Uh, be ready and try to fight through these things, but in, in a situation like that, just—I mean, there's just—you can't really fight through it. It just—it's something that your body's adjusting to, and it would adjust slowly. You know, I just in my first tournament, I wrestled um, the Golden Grand Prix and in, in Baku, and I literally thought I was going to pass out. In my, my the first match I competed in, I was wrestling a guy from uh, Uzbekistan, and I couldn't breathe. You know, I literally thought I was going to pass out on the mat. And it was just such a frustrating feeling. And then, you know, I, I lost to a, an Azra Jani, And then I got smoked by Lashari from Iran, like thrown around. And it was uh, very tough. I remember sitting back in the back uh, with Coach and in, in tears and just being like, Coach, you know, I, I know my performance isn't good, but I'm trying everything I possibly can. And I just, my strength, my stamina, everything is behind right now. And I know it's going to come, but it's very difficult. So that was, uh, you know, that was a conversation that I remember having that was just uh, very, very tough. You know, just hadn't really, you know, getting beat like that was not something that I, you know, I ever thought was going to happen, but it was just wrestling a guy who was very good. And in the tra- that time of transition, you know, I made a 190 pounds, 195 pounds. But realistically, it was like weighing 180 pounds with a 10-pound or 15-pound weight vest on me, trying to go compete with the best guys in the world, which isn't really going to, probably going to, have very much success.
0: And then, right, definitely.
1: You know, then
2: went you know, went to the U.S. Open, and, and I felt much better in preparation for the U.S. Open, and um, you know, and I, it was a good feeling. I thought you know making the transition to '86, and when Kyle, uh, Dake made the transition to '86, so I had a feeling that we were going to still be wrestling '86. It didn't matter uh, what the path was that we were going to be taking, that we were going to still run into each other. I and mean, we wrestled in the finals there, and um, you know, in the scramble, I kind of trap him off that, and then. I mean, we were both exhausted. You could just tell that this the toll of going up in at weight class. You know, we both were just very sloppy and and you know very tired in that match. And uh, but coming off that, I felt better. You know, I kind of felt like I was making adjustments. But then I, I was actually realistically I was starting to start to make. Uh, I was starting to just put think. I was trying to put things in perspective for myself. You know, I started to hold, not hold myself to the same standard that I was for my whole life. You know, to be like, okay, well. You know, I'm getting pretty tired right now, but I'm not as tired as I was yesterday. So, you know, I I think I'm getting a little bit better. But, and realistically, I was nowhere close to where I needed to be or where I wanted to be. So that it was just a lot of uh, a lot of mental barriers over the last couple of years. You know, just that were uh, very, very tough.
1: But so, so let's go to um, this last weekend then, because obviously we talked about the struggle. which that that was you know that was really interesting to hear about, but you have this breakthrough. We talk about you beat you beat two Olympic champions, and obviously uh, in the in the final, I mean in that specific match, uh, you had a lot of adversity. I mean he came out hot. He, he was pushing you all over the mat. Um, you kept your composure. You stayed in the match. You got him tired. Um, he got exhausted. Maybe he's kind of feeling like what you're feeling because he he's obviously made that jump up the weight class also. You get him completely exhausted, you get another takedown, and you get him on his back and he, he doesn't get off. What what did that feel like?
2: Well, I mean, basically, you know, take all of that emotion that I kind of just talked to you about, right? So the the shortcomings of at 74 kilos, the uh, just uh, difficulties of, of adjusting over the last 18 months and put it into that tournament, and and. I think it culminated in that match, but it started with my first match. Um, Just, I knew going into the World Cup, that's something that, as a tournament, I really wanted to wrestle. I I felt myself really making some adjustments, you know, buying into this system. You know, I kind of talked about with with the guy that I'm working with in California, Coach Cal, and, um, you know, with the weight training and everything, and I could really kind of feel myself starting to turn the corner uh, with my training, and just my excitement level has really been increasing. So, you know, I remember calling Coach Zadek back in December and asking him when is you know, when he's deciding the World Cup team and telling him like I want to be there and I want to be on it. And and rightfully so, I think he questioned if I was the right guy for you know for the spot, yeah. you know, based on my performances in the past. And I think a lot of people have questioned that leading into that tournament. But it's something that I really want to do. And I knew that not only did I want to represent the United States, but I knew that the guys that I was going to wrestle were the best representation of a world championship and the best quality of opponents that I've ever had the opportunity to wrestle with in a, in a, in one tournament since I've made the transition to international wrestling. So, just I I, I knew that we would have a tough pool. I knew we'd be with Russia and Azerbaijan and either Turkey or Georgia. I just knew that's how it was going to be. And every one of those op- every one of those countries have guys that are the top in the world in my weight class. So I was prepared to wrestle these best guys. And I've been thinking about it and I've been ready and I've been excited for the opportunity. And I think the biggest adjustment that I've made, um, is just having a newfound respect for competing that I've lost over the last couple of seasons. And I just was so excited to go in there. And I remember just my first match, you know, I wrestled a Georgian, um, who is a very talented wrestler. He's a two time, uh, a world world and Olympic bronze medalist. And he's a tricky guy, good scrambler. You know, he's good at kind of tricking you off the whistle. Um, and just in that match, started off, uh, again, with some adversity. And I was down 3-0 going into the break. And I think that's where, in the past, I would have kind of made a decision, man, I don't know how I'm going to get two takedowns on this guy. I've been shooting a lot, haven't really got to the takedown. Um, and I just made a decision. I was like, I'm going to go out there, and I'm just going to keep shooting. And I shot eight times in the second period. You know, And I was finally able to score a takedown, score another takedown. And then I was able to get a double leg to his back. And I think that was what kind of kick-started the weekend for me kind of overcoming that mental uh, and physical fatiguing barrier against a good wrestler. And, uh, you know, coming back off that match, I was excited, you know, going into the Russian And then I knew every match moving forward that at 86 kilos, it was important for the team. I knew that, you know, yeah, I have these tough guys, but if I go out there and wrestle like a turd, well, then our team's going to lose, and I'm going to really feel like crap. So. I remember just kind of warming up and being like, Man, I wanted this opportunity and I'm excited for it. And I kinda of just kept reminding myself of that. And I think I wrestled better and better each match. You know, wrestled the Russian uh, second match and cool guy who just came off you know a couple really big wins. He beat Yurishev and Megametov the Urigan and then I just beat in off in the morning. So he came off some big wins. And right off the bat he takes me down for four. And uh, it just didn't even cross my mind. I just came right back to the middle. I'm like, I'm just going to keep wrestling. And I just kept wrestling and making react and getting into my attacks and started hitting some ankle picks I thought that I couldn't remember how to shoot anymore. And it was just uh, started getting some momentum going. Going in the next morning, having the opportunity to wrestle uh, Olympic champion, Sharif off, um, was, again, just extremely excited. And that duel was close. You know, if we lose 86 kilos, we, you know, we lose duel meet because we, we tied 4-4 with them. So, not only do I have a great opponent, but, you know, my match is really important. So when I came out just, again, in that match, unlike the other ones, I started quickly, and I got two takedowns to start the match and just kind of kept wrestling through the positions. And, um, you know, leading into Iran, you know, we, we started off, you know, I thought we, we kind of on paper kept doing the mental gymnastics about, you know, where we thought we'd win, where we thought we'd lose. Um, and, you know, we knew it was going to be a battle. And it, it just came out, and I think we were – we had, we had three really difficult matches as a team leading into that competition. And I ran, uh, you know, they had a very easy pool and they rested their guys. So I think that had a little bit of effect on us in, in those early matches. And, you know, Jordan got out there and got, you know, got us a win on the board. And so I mean, I was excited to get out there and, and wrestle, you know, my, my best competition. You know, wrestling got returning Olympic champion. And it started early, you know, where he, I think I just had, in that process, unlike earlier, I kind of was thinking, you know, man, we lost the first, we've lost the first four matches. Um, you know, just kind of watching the guys wrestle, and I kind of started thinking, like, man, this guy's got to get underhook. I know he's gonna come out and start pushing me around. But at the same time, I'm like, man, this is gonna be a battle. This is gonna be awesome. I've been looking forward to this match. I thought it'd be a high scoring match, just the way that he wrestles and the way that I wrestle. And and, and, the, and to be honest with you, after this, but uh, really, so you got the first push out. What? And I respect the position because I've watched a lot of his matches, and uh, just because I you know, I appreciate the way he wrestles and his high pace, and he's very dangerous when he pushes underhooks, when he gets you underneath of him, because he, yep. he scores a lot of, uh, not only push-outs, but when you react back, he'll snap you down, score on the edge, and he's very good at getting takedowns to turn. So, in my mind, like if he's pushing here on the edge, if I give out a push-out, I'm not going to lose on a push-out, you know, but making a mistake giving up a four or take down a turn, that could be a little bit different. So when he was pushing me on the edge, you know, I kind of just kind of kept giving ground, but it didn't ever really feel at that point where it was, I was out of, ever out of, out of, you know, out of control of the match or anything. Um, The second push out again, you know, giving up a push out. And then I was on the clock. He jams unhook in again. I just thought strategically that if he's going to push me out of bounds, I'll save myself a caution. Well, I look up at the scoreboard, and I had two cautions, and I was down 3-0. So what I was thinking in my head was not what was happening on the map, <laughs>
0: honestly.
2: So I had to look up, and I was like, man, I, I literally cannot give up a single position the rest of this match, or I'm going to lose. And I ran. They are going to caution me out of this match. Well, so yeah. I just made a decision at that point. I'm like, okay, I'm going to fight every one of these positions. And I mean, ultimately, I think what happened is we just – You know, not many guys can wrestle that pace that he wants to wrestle, and I was able to continue wrestling and just wrestle the pace but also wrestle through positions where he usually fights really hard and gets easy takedowns. And I think that was kind of the difference in that match. It was just wrestling through someone's position on the edge um, and then ultimately at the end getting that uh, – getting the takedown right at the end of the first period was was huge just because it was 3-0. I got the takedown with one second left, 3-2, but next point I'm winning you know, so I think that was huge going to break, and going to break, I was tired, you know, and I, I was just, and I know he was tired too, and I kind of kind of see him tired, coming back in the middle of the mat, I was like, well, I have three minutes to wrestle and try and beat an Olympic champion, you know, and I don't have, if I leave this man, I'm going to just, I'm going to go fight for the next three minutes, and just kept wrestling the positions, and, and I found myself just reactionary, you know, I, I don't even remember getting in on that shot, but just in, in, in the wrestling, you know, reactionary, hitting that ankle, and and climbing his body and getting him on his back. And I just remember being like, there's no way I'm letting this guy off his back. And I thought he was pinned before that, um, but there was no way I was letting him off. And I saw the ref slap him mad. And kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, literally I just – every single emotion that I've had in the last couple of years that suppressed, whether it's anger or fear or excitement or whatever it is, just came out. And I was so pumped up uh, just okay. with finally kind of getting over this barrier – wrestling a great tournament, getting the United States team back in the dual meet. Um, There was just so many emotions going through it. And and it was, uh, I think that was probably, that weekend was the best tournament I've ever wrestled in my life, for sure. And it was uh,
0: definitely. Shocker. Yeah. So. um, It was awesome, man. I mean, two two Olympic champs in one day. It was just, it was cool to see it happen. I mean, as crazy as it was, I know Ben and I, you know, can't say that we were surprised, right?
1: Then, um, you know, obviously, I, I was waiting for it to happen. I thought, you know, with 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 David and and Logan Stever both had a few struggles out of college on the international level, and I you know, with both of them, I thought it was kind of only um, a matter of time till they found the success. Now that they they kind of are both finding, um, and so yeah, it was it was awesome to see. I was happy. I was excited. I, I know I was watching. It was like eight a.m. or nine a.m. I, I was watching. Uh, the World Cup with uh, my kids eating breakfast. So yeah, it was fantastic. Hey David, can I step back and I want to kind of go back and ask a question about um, something we were talking about earlier? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we were talking about the, the folk style mat wrestling thing. Um, and you said you know Ohio doesn't emphasize it as much as Pennsylvania. And obviously, you're saying how important it was. Or um, where, I, where I would say I would feel similarly. I have heard, and and I don't. I've never been around St. Paris. Um, but I've heard they train a, a, a huge, spend a huge portion of their time on neutral position wrestling, a little bit on top, and then not very much at all on bottom. I guess um, is that is that true? And then if so, um, you know, how did you become such a good mat wrestler if that program is not producing mat wrestlers? And then on top of that, obviously they're one of the. Probably, I would say best high schools in the country at putting out college talent right now. Um, if they're not working, in wrestling, how are they putting out so many really freaking good guys?
2: Well, I'll be honest. I mean, you're asking those questions, and you know, I'm just kind of smiling because I'm mean, Ben. I know you're a smart guy. I know you watch wrestling, but I mean, it's, it's you can. It's pretty evident where they focus and where they don't focus. You know, with just the way they wrestle. And you know, I grew up in that system. Um, and there's a lot of emphasis put on, on on neutral. I mean, the camp systems built around takedowns. You know, from every single inside tie, collar tie, you can imagine combination of words to a takedown. But uh-huh. you know, the, the the top wrestling and the bottom wrestling isn't an emphasis. And since I've always been, um, and, and this is a you know kind of crazy, but I've always my, my best skill set was always just on the mat. I always had a good knack for scrambling around I was good on top I could I was good with riding guys I could just I turned people and I kind of always had uh since I was young age and uh I actually remember when I was in sixth grade I actually we had a kid on our high school team named Jake Kyle and he was uh really good in the crab ride position Grilled really crab ride tilts um and I was already a pretty good leg rider and I actually worked with him a little bit and I just was able to pick this series this crab ride tilt series up in sixth grade and I used those turns the rest of my career. And um, so kind of pairing with just the already the, the leg riding and t- and having the ability and confidence to roll across my back with this crab ride series, I was able to kind of start crafting this little bit of a unique top wrestling that I was able to kind of apply to bottom because I was I was never a great stand-up guy, but I just had a good feel for creating scrambles. I was always pretty good at making guys throwing legs in and reversing them. And that was just something that the you know as a grammar system they don't focus on. There's not a play wrestling aspect, and, and maybe it's changed as I've left. It doesn't look like it because you know you watch some of the best. You have to look at Marinelli coming out; that kid looks like he has really struggles with scrambles and on bottom wrestling. You've watched the Mark, match with Mark Hall and, and with uh, you know Isaac Mar- or Isaiah Martinez. So you just an emphasis that isn't really put on there. And, and but you know that's something that I uh, disagree with. I think scrambling and, and play wrestling are as important as anything because you can be great to get to the leg but your guys are going to scramble they're going to put you in positions that you're not, you don't want to be in you got to be able to wrestle through them so you know i just in the dance i guess to answer your question you know what what are they doing to create a lot of college recruits well you know jeff has a very good system you know and, and it's implemented from a young age you know you have a good head inside single you got a good you know, front headlock. You're in good shape. You're used to wrestling tough matches because you do it all the time. You do a lot of long goes, and those are things that most high school programs, you know, just kids aren't very tough. You know, like they're not used to wrestling. And I don't say very tough. I mean, they're not used to wrestling that level of competition that Graham wrestles yeah. every sixth day. And in the summer with the camp system, you're used. You mean it was just like you know, hey, you know, Taylor, come in and wrestle with this so and so state champ from Massachusetts and this state champ from here and this state. Champ. So you just, you know, near sixth, seventh, eighth grade, if you if you can wrestle high school kids, you wrestle really good guys at a young age. So the majority of the country doesn't have that, uh, uh, opportunity. Right. Yeah, so I think that's what kind of propels those kids at a, at a younger age to be a little bit more mature and tough wrestling overtime matches. And it just kind of just philosophy that he in, in, you get in the system at a young age and you do those same things all the way through and yeah well you're in good shape and you wrestle hard you're going to beat ninety percent of the
0: of the high school guys you know but well, one thing one thing I I mean I I'm from Ohio and I I've lived in Ohio all throughout your career David and one thing I admire about how you leverage the experience at Graham I think to the max because all of the good things you're saying about Jeff Jordan and Graham you uh, were a beneficiary of, but you also sought outside counsel technically for your training. You competed Greco, freestyle, folk style. You sought other people to develop you while you were in the grand system. And to me, that's, that's the best of both worlds because to your point, there's good things about being in the grand system, but there's good things about getting counsel from other folks because, you know, I always tell people it's like, you know, let's say, let's say your name's Johnny Smith. It's like, you can't wrestle like Tommy Rollins. You can't okay. wrestle like David Taylor. you got to wrestle like Johnny Smith. But you can take a piece of what David Taylor tells you and what Ashburn tells you and what Jeff Jordan tells you and what Rollins tells you. And you got to make it your own. And I think you did that uh, as good as anybody that came through the Graham system. Do you have anything to say about that? Do you feel like that was – I mean, because you got, you got a lot out of it, but also you got a lot out of other people too. For, for sure I mean I, I had I was very fortunate that I had
2: I mean in high school I had the best training partners that out there and, and maybe in the history of high school wrestling you know I just I had great guys above and below me all the time and you know that was uh you know something that I would never have gotten if I was any other program so you know that's something that was a great opportunity that I had and that's why my family you know, we, you know why we moved to Ohio was we were traveling a lot to go to different ter- competitions and traveling to go to practices. And, and there five minutes from our house, you know, we had all the competition and the practices that, you know, I could, you know, ever need to, to get where I needed to get to. But at the same time, you know, it was, I, I just had different, uh, visions of, you know, where I wanted to be. You know, my visions weren't just, to be a state champion. You know, my ch- visions have always been higher to be an Olympic champion, to be an NCAA champion, to be a world champion. So, with that being said, you know I wanted to just try – if I had an opportunity to do something, I wanted to, to find that opp- – seek that opportunity out, wrestle with different partners because anything that I learned in the summer or was able to apply or experiences I had at Fargo or training with different people, um, I was able to take home and use against the best wrestlers in the entire country. So I was able to kind of you know create this craft and these skills that I knew if they worked on the best kids in the country because I knew I had them in my room every day. They would work on anyone that wrestled in competition. So whether that was, you know, on bottom or whether that was on top or whether I was on my feet, you know, I was able to take those things that I learned and those experiences and 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 use them against Zach Nyberg, who was you know multi State champ. Use them against Felipe Martinez, who was probably one of the best freshmen to ever wrestle in high school. Um, you know, wrestle Tucker Armstrong and Brian Stevens and Matt Stevens and Nick Rosetta. You know, those are all guys that right around my weight class, that were, were my training partners that were, you know, some of the greatest Ohio wrestlers and went on to have good college careers. So those are what I had in, the, in my in my training room every single day, you know, along with Jesse Lang, who beat the crap out of me um, uh-huh. in senior year all the time. You know, he would just go, you know, psycho mode. But that was, uh, I I need someone to, you know, try and beat me up and toughen me up. So, you know, I had great opportunities in the room every day that, you know, I wouldn't have somewhere else. But I tried to just
0: What's do up Good. But how old were you when it was? It was Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, you had to have been one hundred and three hundred twelve pounds. It was Thanksgiving weekend. I was down there. I forget what reason why, but you and Kyle Dick was in Ohio for the weekend because his family's in uh, lives in Ohio. What? How old were you when you guys worked out together in the grand room? You well- and. Dick we kind of gone back and forth, you
2: know, we actually, I mean, we have some really, some fun pictures and we both kind of grew the same way, you know, both look like little, you know, six year old children when we were in high school, you know, no, no, no hair on our entire bodies. But, um, I think I started going, you know, I think I went to Ithaca when I was in high school, right around that same time. And then in return, you know, his family always come down. You said they have family in Ohio. I think his, his dad has got family near Cleveland and, uh, and then Kyle would come down and he'd stay with us for a couple of days. And we'd work out for a couple of days. We'd go to the grand practice. We'd always have a very tough practice right around Thanksgiving time. Because it was always right after we had certification, I think, weight certification. So after that, we always have a pretty tough practice. And Kyle would come down and wrestle and stay with us for a couple of days. And you know, then he'd go back home. And, um, and I think that was probably my... Probably junior year because I was 112, and that year Kyle, like, messed up and missed his certification and ended up having to wrestle, like, 130 pounds, but he weighed, like, 120 or something. He did something, you know, goofy with the certification by accident and had to wrestle up, like, two weight classes in high school. So we weighed about the same, but we were, like, actually separated by, like, four or five weight, you know, three or four weight classes. But, um, yeah, right around that same time, you know, and that was just, again, another opportunity. Have you know a great partner in the room at a young age?
1: Hey, I want to go back. Uh, I'm I'm going back again to. Uh, it was a, a part of your answer to the St. Paris Graham question, and you might be uh, a little more nicer or more political than I am. But I talk about this all the freaking time, and I did try to nominate you to be the Iowa head coach like four years ago, David. But you said, "Who cares if you can get to a leg?" Because people are going to scramble today. And my take on Iowa Hawkeye wrestling, and Penn State's pretty much the opposite in my opinion, is that they refuse, they absolutely refuse to admit that scrambling is a part of the game, so none of their guys do it, so none of their guys have a feel for it when people are shooting, you know, they're not getting it in the practice room, so then they get in a match and they're scared someone's going to scramble on them, so they don't pull the trigger, so then they have no offense. You can't get anyone tired if you have no offense. And, um, you know, it's kind of the ruin of the Iowa system. And then Penn State flipped the script. Like you said, a guy like Noel, he doesn't, he'll does not he just freaking go wrestle from any position on the planet. Um, I guess two things. Number one, do you want to comment on Iowa why Iowa sucks in there? And then number two is how is Penn State so freaking good in those positions? Across the board, the whole team, whether it's attacking the legs or defending the legs and scrambles, um, you guys are, are so proficient. Um, so, I guess, do you want to comment on any of those things? Yeah, for sure. You do know, you I want to be the Iowa coach? <laughs> yeah,
2: down the road, I think that would be a cool job to have. I'm All not right. going to say that, um, you know, right now it's something I want to do, but sure. I mean, if you have the opportunity to coach at a place like Iowa, I mean, that would be I mean, that's awesome. Those are one of the, those few positions out there. I mean, Penn State, Iowa, you know, Ohio State, places like that, those are dream jobs. You, know, you have great opportunities to be successful. So, I mean, that would be a, you a know, cool opportunity. But ultimately, you know and this is definitely something, I, and as I've gotten a little bit older, I love Penn State, right? And I want Penn State to win all the time. But I look at college wrestling from a different perspective. Right? I look at all, all levels of wrestling, college wrestling, high school wrestling, youth wrestling, and, and I try and put it in the perspective of, you know. what and I get so frustrated watching wrestling sometimes because it's just like these guys are refusing to, Trying to get better at wrestling and what wrestling really is it's not scrambling right and, and this is my opinion of, of scrambling the guys that dive across and make their living when someone shoots on a leg and they roll under their roll across their back and pass the leg that was probably the worst thing that ever happened to wrestling
0: because it just <laughs> it's, it's it's so backwards and here's the here's problem and I, I couldn't agree more but here's the problem people don't differentiate what you just said. And the way that Penn State scrambles. I, I shouldn't say I mean, we do, the three of us, but I'm saying most people can't tell the difference.
2: Well, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll tell you what I think the difference is. Yeah, I um,
2: but, I, you know, I think you know, people, if you say, what's scrambling, right? They're like, oh, well, that's diving under a leg and not getting taken down. Well, that's not really scrambling. That's like, I think that's kind of like, that's like something you do for fun or, you know, if, if it's like, last ditch, you know, your guys on your leg and you have nothing else to do. Okay. Well, you don't get taken down. You can dive on your leg. But really what scrambling is, in my opinion, is just wrestling through the positions, right? The sport is wrestling. That means if a guy gets to your leg, you don't just turn and fall down. You don't dive on your leg, but you, you know, if you're on the head outside, you turn on the head inside and you put them in a wizard, and you high leg over and you get to a far ankle. And, you know, those are things that just, you got to drill that way, right? You got to kind of Ingrain that in your head, and and the days of just you know shooting 55 high crotches every single day and, and perfect finish doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in matches, you know. And it really should never happen in, in practice or even in a drill, right? I think that you just got to kind of implement. You know, we call it play wrestling. You know, you call it sparring, whatever it is. But you know, you just start. The more that you can give a guy a different feel every single time they drill on you, the more that they're gonna learn how to finish on different opponents, and the more that they give a different feel on you and you're drilling, you're attacking, you're, you're just getting – you're understanding defensively what to do when a guy gets to a single leg or a low single or a head outside because you put the guy in those positions all the time. And on the offense, you're learning how to finish in those positions. And I think that's clearly something that I was lacking because they're so – like it looks like they're so timid to attack and create scoring opportunities that they end up not scoring any – points and when they get in scrambles with guys they just are a little bit behind the 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 curve and Mm -hmm. I think when you put a lot of emphasis and from my perspective it looks like they put a lot of emphasis on winning and losing and just by their comments like if I listen to Thomas Gilman and what he's saying and it's just like they say it's it just sounds crazy to me it's like there's so much emphasis on winning and losing and like if I don't win this match my parents should never talk to me ever again like that may be uh, maybe that's like a joke, but I think when you say those things, ultimately you believe them a little bit, and then you're going to start tightening up a little bit each and every match. And if one guy's saying that, I imagine more guys are saying that. And that's just, uh, that's not conducive to success, in my opinion, and that doesn't really sound very fun. And I think what, what Penn State does better than anything, and it kind of comes from our, co- I mean, it 100% comes from our coaching staff. And then from our coaching staff to the previous wrestlers and the tradition that, we kind of started at Penn State is guys step in the Penn State lineup and to put the Penn State single on. They love wrestling. They want to wrestle. They want to have fun. They want to get pins. They want to hear the crowd yell. You know, you, you want to have those opportunities. And I think that's what right now is separating Penn State moving forward. Um, is just their enjoyment for the sport.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think you made some really important points. there. I mean, when I think about scrambling um, and, it shouldn't even be a separate thing to me. I mean, to me, it's all wrestling. But I think of it as the logical extension of wrestling, right? And like you're saying, there are there's certain positions. Someone shoots a high crotch. They actually get on a high crotch to you. Because it's like, okay, ideally, I'd never, ever let anyone have a high crotch, right? But that's just not realistic. So someone gets a high crotch on me or a single leg on me, I have... You know, the more tools I have, the more scrambles I understand, the more position I understand, the more options I have to defend, right? And, you know, some people like very, very low-level scrambling, to your point is, the only thing they can do is pass the leg. That is their their one and only scramble, so they go to it every single time, and then, yes, it is just rolling around. They don't, they're not very skilled from there, but, it, it, you know, at least they didn't give up the takeout initially, and so yeah. – why people are – I'm kind of going on a soapbox here. Sorry, guys. Why people are so resistant to the logical extension of wrestling or understanding that, that it's not always going to be perfect it is totally beyond me. So when, when I see college wrestlers um, you know, who are so far behind, right, that I was doing stuff 10 years ago and they're still making really, really simple, common mistakes out of these scrambles, I just can't figure out how – and Penn State's done this, They're, you guys are the best in the country at it, how guys haven't figured out those scrambles and figured out how to work through those scrambles and figured out how to win because those positions are so, so, so important. Well, I think,
2: you, you know, you brought up a couple of good points, and, and you were kind of the, the OG, right, when it came to, like, the scrambling and just the, the things that you did when you wrestled, I mean, were just, I mean, no one can replicate those things, right? So you're on a completely different like level of you know creativity, sure. And it was what I mean. You were so fun to watch when you watched. It was like every single time you stepped on the mat. It was like we got to watch Matt eight because Ben's about to do something crazy. You know, he's gonna butt the guy on his leg and he's gonna flip around. He's gonna end up with a cradle and he's gonna pump up the crowd. And it was like, man, that, <laughs> that's fun to watch. You know, and then you know that that's what uh, to an extension. You know, that's you know the Penn State guys create a lot of opportunities to score and they get those positions, but. Yeah, I think that, you know, from a from a wrestling perspective, there're just there's a lot of people that just don't really understand. And I think that it was a great I think you said, the, just a logical extension of wrestling. That was the best terminology I've heard in those positions. And that that's really what it is. Like and it just makes wrestling so much more fun when you start going through these like different creative creative things in your mind, the ways to score and, you know, it's like and think about it as I think I tell people as wrestlers is like Think about it, if every single time that you got to the leg, you felt as confident as when that guy got to your leg, right? If you got to get to mm-hmm. your leg, that's just the beginning of some fun that's about to happen, right? Unless this guy lifts me up and slams me down, there's yeah. going to be some wrestling here. And then we're going to wrestle these positions, and we're going to see what happens. If the guy scores, well, we're going to go back to our feet, and we're going to go back at it again, and we're going to try and figure it out. And I'm going to get back on his leg, and he's going to get back on my leg, and, and that's what... I mean, that's going to make wrestlers better. And then from a fan perspective, which I am now watching these guys wrestle, that's what's fun to watch. It's not fun to watch guys, like, squeeze each other for five and a half minutes and take a shot with 30 seconds left. and win <laughs> one. That's not fun. It's not fun watching guys dive around underneath each other and, and roll around. That's not really that enjoyable to watch. But, you know, watching guys, you know,
0: extend wrestling positions, you know, that's... I, I like how when you talk about this though, where you you throw the the Neanderthal, you know, old school style under the bus, but you're also throwing the floppy, you know, the flippy floppy <laughs> stuff under the bus. they have throwing everybody
1: under the bus today. What's that? He's throwing
0: everyone under the bus today. Well, I just I just like it <laughs> because I think you know scrambling. I just think that the the, the type of wrestling you guys are talking about. It shouldn't even be called scrambling. Well, what David? What David is throwing under the bus is bad
1: strategy. Standing around staring at someone taking one shot with thirty seconds up is terrible strategy, and only knowing how to roll under a leg, a leg pass is terrible strategy, right? So I, I right. think he's just throwing terrible strategy under the bus, which I, I can get on board with that. There's probably nothing more frustrating to me than terrible strategy.
2: Yeah, I'm no. not talking about. I'm not talking about specific wrestlers by any means, right? I'm just talking about we can talk about well, those. Watch. You, know, you can talk about specific wrestlers. You know, in, in a different time when I'm not on this, you guys can just talk
1: about.
2: It. But, you know, I'm just talking about in general watching. Right? It's just, and it's so stressful, and especially and being in matches. Like, you know, when you're just standing and you're like, man, I I, I kind of want to shoot, but I don't know if I'm really ready to shoot right now. You know, and then just like you get this anxiety built up as a wrestler. Well, man, the anxiety you get as a fan when you watch that is just as much or more, and that's where wrestling. You know, I think for us to kind of grow it to the next level, you know, to get to the the superstardom that, you know, we all would love to have wrestling in, you know, to be front page of, of newspapers and to watch it exciting, you know, to have, I, you, I think it, it, it's critical that wrestling is, uh, you know, more points are scored, there's more excitement, there's, you know, you have your heroes, and you have your villains, right? You need kind of like a storyline, but you, 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 first things, you got to have a great product, and I think... Wrestling 100% is moving in the direction of a, of a great product because if you just look at the Hodge race now versus the Hodge race 10 years ago, you maybe would have one undefeated wrestler. Now you got like, there's undefeated wrestlers that aren't even mentioned in the Hodge race. So, I mean, definitely 100% what we're saying is happening. You got guys doing this. So, I'm not, it's, it's working. And I think what happens is you see. Uh, you know, right now you watch the NCAA tournament or you watch his kids and you're like, man, these guys are so much fun to watch. So as an eight year old kid, you're like, I want to wrestle like that guy. I want to get a pin and I want to pump up the Penn State crowd. Right. I want to, I want to be Kyle Snyder and I want to run out in in 15,000 people and I want to pump up the Ohio state wrestling fans, get them on their feet and go get 10 takedowns at heavyweight. Right. Those are things that you think about now as you see these wrestlers as an eight year old kid, you want to be those people. So I think that's changing the trend of wrestling for sure for the better. So, I, I mean, I believe that we're in the right direction right now.
1: Definitely. Um, are, are you going to NCA's in a couple weeks, or are you going to be too busy with your international travel schedule? No, I'm, I'm
2: done traveling internationally uh, for a while now. Okay. So, um, But I, I'm going to be at the NCAA tournament. I'll be doing some stuff at the Wind booth of the Adidas. Uh, so I'll be there. Uh, flying in Thursday evening. So I'll be there for my favorite round, Friday morning, the quarterfinal round. I love that round.
0: You like that more than the semis, huh?
2: The quarters are awesome because yeah, it's just – Yeah, yeah, that's good.
0: I go. Is... I like the semis
1: and blood round because it's do or die on the outside mats also. Well, yeah. Friday starts
2: all that though, right? Friday starts that those yeah. rounds. So you get in there, you get the four mats in the middle, and you know the seated guys start matching up. There's always upsets because guys don't cut their weight right. They're probably up all night being knuckleheads and then uh you know that's where that team race really starts kind of coming into play the different crowds start cheering you know they almost start cheering against
0: other teams if they're getting beat I mean there's just um I think the only time I ever wanted to be a five foot three hundred twenty-five pound guy is when the quarters start at the NCAAs (laughs) so you go first Oh yeah, that'd be great, man! You got the you know pumping the crowd up, ESPN's panning in, the crowd standing up, and you're on the warm up mat. Just I'll, I've always looked down at those guys and I'm like, man, it'd be awesome to be a twenty five hundred just right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Outside of that, you, you you're ready to grow back into your your 6'6",
0: 200. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I wish I was I wish I was one weight below heavyweight because I also hate being a heavyweight. I'd like to be like eighty four ninety seven. That'd be ideal. Well,
1: yeah. And David, I don't know if you heard, but Tommy's actually started now. He started a 12-month training process. Tommy's going to wrestle in Midlands 2017.
0: That's correct.
1: We'd invite you on a team, but you're too young. You'd be like using a cheat code or something. Yeah. Well, after my uh,
2: embarrassing performance in Midlands, I think I retired from college wrestling a year ago.
1: <laughs> I mean, but what, you it, win yeah, by enough it, points it, or what? What? Because you didn't win by enough points?
2: No, I mean that was just part of my time period where I was out there just wrestling like, like the guy that I was just telling you about five minutes ago. That was, it wasn't wrestling the way that I way I want to wrestle and the way I would like to wrestle. I was just timid. My conditioning was horrible, and uh, it was. Uh, now it was embarrassing. I was probably the most embarrassing tournament I've ever wrestled in in my life. Just really? wasn't. Oh yeah, I just. Wow. I wasn't myself, you know. I was just like just hanging out and just trying to get
0: through matches. And I actually forget how you did, David. Is that when you had a struggle with Dudley in the finals? Is that? Yeah,
1: I mean, okay. well, what, what'd you win by five? I don't know.
0: I, I got booed, Ben. It, the, no, the... Got,
1: David Taylor doesn't get booed. I got booed, man. <laughs>
2: Taylor doesn't get booed. That's
1: bullshit. no. Listen,
2: my my father my, or my brother in law, Jimmy Kennedy, was in my corner, and at one point, he looked at me and he's like. Dude, they're booing you. And I was like, yeah, I can hear them booing me. And it was some kind of crazy scramble where, like, I had – I mean, I just have real flexible shoulders. And he was on his back, and they were trying to say that he was getting back points. I don't know. All I know is I was just looking up, and I'm like, what am I doing here right now? Why – I am – this is this is crazy. And uh, then I got booed. And I realized that at that point in time, it was time for me to retire from college wrestling.
1: Until you're thir- – how old are you now? 26, 27? 26.
0: When, you you're gotta, thir- when you're you gotta, 30, you can be on our team. And you got to have kids. you has got to have a couple kids and be 30-plus. <laughs> Why the cat? So that's a fuck
1: out. <laughs> um, hey, guys, we're over an hour time. You got any last questions? Uh, uh, no, no? I'm good, man. You're good? Yeah. David, you got anything else for us? Man, this has been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, no, I really enjoy being on here. we covered a lot of different things. Um. I mean, ultimately, I think, and this is one thing I, I kind of want, it's just been on my mind because I watched that, uh, that youth tournament today, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, it's hard. You know, I get questioned a lot based on, you know, wh- what do I need to do for my kid to be successful or what do I need to do for my kid to, you know, be, uh, you know, the next national champion stuff. And it's hard. It's hard for me to kind of look them in, in the eye and, and honestly tell them my path because I don't really think that. My path is is a great, you know, I wrestled every youth tournament growing up, you know, tons of matches, competed all the time, and there's not many kids that are good at a young age that continue wrestling or even continue love wrestling as they get older. So it's a little bit difficult, but one thing I did notice, you know, and I I don't really know the formula at this point. I think about it all the time. I think about, you know, what what do these kids got to do at a young age, you know, if there was like a do this, this, and this, and you can be successful, but, and I don't really know what that is yet, but. I do know that I watched this tournament, and it's three one-minute periods. And these dads are treating this tournament like it is the Olympics. And this kid was running in sweats to make sixty pounds. He's oh, eight, God. eight, or he was ten years old, and he's running in sweats. And I, and I, he's running back and forth. And I go, "What are you doing?" He's like, "My dad says I got to make 60. And I said, "I said, well, tell your dad you're eight. You should go up a weight class." And he runs back to his dad and gives him a high five. Because what did he say? And I think his dad got mad at me, but I was like, <laughs> this is not gonna make wrestling fun for this kid in the future. And then I watch his tournament and, and these dads are screaming at their kids. And, and and it's like a one point match. It's it's and they're trying what I realized is there was, it wasn't a single kid out there that was wrestling and having fun. They were just trying to win the match. Every match I watched. There wasn't a kid out there that was literally, that was having fun, trying to score a lot of points, um, and trying to dominate. They were just trying to win. And man, it was so stressful to watch. The dads were screaming at them. And I just, that, that's a, you know, if there's any parents out here, you know, listening to the show about, you know, what, what, with their kids, I mean, the biggest thing I can say is it's gotta, you gotta enjoy it. And it, it, you're talking about the grand scheme of things. Winning the Nickline Wrestling Club tournament is cool, but. Let your kid go out and just, like, have fun. Try and score as many points as they possibly can. If they get taken down, so what? Get off the bottom. Get back on your feet. Get a takedown. In the third period, if you're up 1-0, don't take top and just cry chop the guy for the one minute and win (laughs) 1-0. I think that's, like, good. You know, like, good thing you won the tournament. I'm like, man. And I remember the one thing that my dad was a little crazy, but he would tell me, like, hey, we're at this tournament to try things and get better. You know, and it was never an option for me in my thinking, to go win 1-0 at the Nittany line Wrestling Club tournament. That wasn't, right. that, you know, that wasn't fun. That wasn't something I was thinking about doing. So that's one thing that I think that is important is that kids are trying as much as they can to get better at wrestling, to have fun, to score a lot of points. Because if you start winning 1-0 at 10 and you win 1-0 at 11 and 12, well, when, you get to, when you're get when an you in 18 and you're going to college, you're never going to learn to score and win by 10 or 20, you know. So that's right. just something that uh, – it's been on my mind. I just kind of want to just express that my feelings there, and uh, I just hope that uh, someone out there will try and uh, let their kid have a little bit of fun when they're wrestling. Because today did not look like fun to me.
1: <laughs> sure, I hear I, that. I heard it loud and clear because that—that's the world I'm in all the time. And you make a lot of great points there. And um, yeah, I mean, I always say the way I always say it is: is kids love competition. I mean, if you think about it, they'll go. Who can throw this rock the farthest into the lake or some stupid crap, right? And just innately, we enjoy that. But what makes people not enjoy competition is their dad's freaking flipping out and their coach is flipping out. That's what makes people not like competition. We all innately like competition. I mean, you see kids on the playground, I'll race you to the slide, or uh, right. who can get across the monkey bars the fastest. People innately love competition. It's, it's those parental figures, the coaching figures, who treat competition negatively as opposed to positively that create that disinterest in it, if you will. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and,
2: I mean if you want to be interested in, mean, there was, I mean, six and pounds and these kids are like yeah. treating it like it's the, you know, the bet. I mean, I'm like, man, you this is just not the, the good, a good mindset. Like this kid's thinking that winning this trophy is the most important thing, you know, and you hear him like talk about, we did this and we did that. And we won, we won the 60 pound bracket. I'm like, well, I mean, you coach, but your kid was wrestling. I mean, but it was uh, it was just kind of crazy. I guess I hadn't really looked at it in a long time, but I kind of been in that level where I kind of really watched that kind of transpiring. But you you said, I mean, we love to compete as as people, as human beings. Like we always want to compete. You always want to see you you, you. you were exactly right. And competition, you should look for. And I think what, what again, kind of relaying back to why Penn State's wrestling well is they like to compete. You know, each one of them like to compete when they go out and wrestle and you got to like to compete. And if you're going to at eight or nine, it's gotta be fun. And we, and I, I'm not saying losing is fun because losing is absolutely never fun. You want to win, but winning by, and I can tell you this for a fact, winning by 10 or 12 or a pin or a tech fall is way more fun than winning by one point. So, I mean, just if you can kind of instill that, like, thought process in a kid when they just start wrestling and they don't really know the difference that, you know, trying to enjoy it and, and score as many points and take some risks. And, because ultimately, if, you get, if you're taking risks and you get taken down when you're 10, but you learn how to get an escape and then you get on top and you put them on their back. And, and that's where you really start learning to wrestle through those positions, even though you don't even know what you're doing really at that time you just start getting this like, man, I want to get a takedown, I want to get off the bottom, and I want to get these turns rather than being fearful to go bottom at the Nittany Line Wrestling Club tournament because you may not get escape and lose 1-0. You know, that's just a little bit of a backwards thinking. So, you know, I'm a, bit just, I'm a proponent. I, I want wrestling to be fun for kids. I want them to enjoy it because, I mean, to have the opportunity to wrestle at a good program, to, to get an opportunity to wrestle in you know, a place like Penn State and, and, and enjoy what you're doing, I mean, those are the best, some of the best memories I've ever had, you know, and being a part of those things. And now I'm moving forward to the international career, enjoying what I'm doing and representing the United States. You know, if I didn't love wrestling, I wouldn't be where I am. So, you right. know, just that, that love for the sport and that passion starts at a young age, and that just that should be the number one goal is the love and the passion yes. rather than the wins and losses.
1: 100%. Hey, I was supposed to ask you one question last week, and that question was who was the only college coach to write you a letter after your eighth grade cadet national loss,
2: Tommy Rollins.
0: <laughs> oh, there it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I was I uh, I was up and I got pinned and uh, I got a letter and it was a poem and about basically like looking at the man in the mirror and it's something that I still think about all the time. You know, basically, you know, I'm sure. You guys have heard that poem before but you know no matter what you're doing you can think you're fooling everyone else but you can't fool a man in the mirror and that's something that definitely I think we all we all definitely apply that in our training you know you can think you're doing all the right things you can say you're doing all the right things you can say you want to do these things but ultimately you got to look yourself in the mirror
0: when you go to bed or wake up in the morning and 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 say it to that person it, and if it's actually be- ironic it's actually ironic Ben cuz I did ask you to bring that up last week and it's funny because I know we've gone on for 70 minutes but what's funny about the my intent in sending that note to David, um, well, on top of just he was going to be a great wrestler and I was helping out at Ohio State at the time, but it was he was winning and got pinned. And what 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 my motivation was was genuine in the sense that, like, I see this kid. He loves wrestling, and he goes for broke every time, and he got burnt because he's 12. And when you go for broke when you're 12 or 13 or 14, 15, sometimes think, you get Cadet. Yeah, you're 14, whatever you call it, you're 15, you get headlocked and pinned sometimes, and I, you, you don't want to shell up and change the way you, you approach the sport, and, um, and it's kind of like what we're saying right now, is that you want these kids to just wrestle, evolve as a wrestler, continue to find new positions, new ways to wrestle, and every now and again, you get stung. I mean, it happens, and you got to have people around you, whether it be parental figures, coaches, friends, whatever it might be, telling you, hey... That was good. Yes, you walked into a headlock because you're going like crazy. I mean, I'm sure Zane Rutherford's walked into a few headlocks before, but you learn how to deal with that. You learn how to wrestle around those things, and you're a better wrestler for it. So anyways, that's kind of funny that that relates to what we've been talking about all, all evening here. Yeah, for sure. I still remember that. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> all right, hey, let's wrap it up on that. We, talk for, I know, we could probably talk for like four hours, do like a Joe Rogan-type podcast. But uh... – I think this might be our longest one ever, David. So we really appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll run into NCA's and then uh, U.S. Open's coming up not too long.
2: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. Right, Thanks, Dave.